No Jumper, coolest podcast in the world, and I'm in here today with the man himself, T-Rel. How you doing? I'm on this motherfucker, man. The I feel man good. Himself. I said that about everybody. That doesn't really like fully encompass how long they've been waiting for this conversation and how long you've really been waiting in the studio today for like 20 minutes. You damn, you damn right. You was late. <sighs> yeah, sorry about that. Come on, dog. Everybody canceling. Now. I'm here. You know what I'm saying? With my girl out here 30 minutes early. Ugh, disgusting. Terrible. I want all my No Jumper fans, all my Tiny Cub fans, you know what I'm saying, to blow this fucking interview up, too, when y'all see this shit. Smash the dislike. <laughs> ain't no more dislike. It's over with. No, there is. You just can't see it. That's fucking stupid, right? Oh, it's so stupid. That's so stupid. But I think that there's a, a plug-in you can get for your browser so you can view how many dislikes you actually do have. But that's so I don't I don't want to see it. Nobody's. Nobody no. wants to see that. It stupid. pisses me off when I click on a video and I can't tell how many people hated it. Why? Because that's like a very valuable piece of information. No, it's just because your ass loves to say whatever's going on. If they hate it, I fucking hate it. No, but if you know that there's a big contingent of people out there who do hate it, then that's much more information than just knowing, oh, everybody who saw this liked it. Well, damn, if they disliking it, that means you just going to dislike it too. It doesn't mean I'm going to dislike it. It just means that at least I'll know that there are people who dislike it. I'll know that there's... A strong contingent of people who feel that way. Nah, fuck that. There's a lot of information to be discerned from the, the likes and dislikes. No. You, you go behind the fucking crowd. You can the, see I it. Know it. As a creator, you can see it. You just can't see it as an observer that I know of. So in 69. You like that? <laughs> oh. <laughs> you said you didn't like that. You didn't have a gang of dislikes, but it was going up. No, but the fact that it had so many dislikes, what didn't that seem like an important thing to know when you watched that song? You was like, this shit is fucking trash. This no, is obviously trash. I did not say that. I said, <laughs> you, apparently some people disliked it. She that shit bang. She'd been DMing me, acting like she wanted to do the interview, and then... She should fucking do the interview. I like her. I don't know. What's She's cool. Yeah, but now she's probably not going to want to do it since you just lied and said that I said the song was trash. He I just wanted Juno's opinion on it. And he never gave his opinion on it. He said, He's I too political. Fool, I fool. He's political. That shit was good, though. I fuck with it. I yeah. fuck with you. You listen to a lot of female Hispanic rappers? No. <laughs> me neither. <laughs> who else is on the list? Yeah, who else is out there? That's why she's breaking doors down, dude. J-Lo should just bust a rap. I think J-Lo was rapping. Marcia? I think so. I think she busted. I think she busted a couple of verses. Puff yeah. got in her ear for a minute. He was he was doing more than getting in her ear. <laughs> might have got in her ear. <laughs> yeah, might might have fell in there. Yeah, all those years on tour, with Young Money, you were getting a bitch ear. Yeah, put your I little Willie in there. I got in a couple of ears. You that's, know what I'm saying? That's hot. Now my girl got to hear that shit. Yeah, no, I see. I like how you brought her here, so we got to keep this very PG. Or you can get uh, beat nah, up in the that. whip. After. You know what I'm saying? Go rated R. She don't give a fuck. You're trying get beat to up see. in the whip. Uh, yeah, I mean, you ever had a fight in the whip? You and Linda ever squab in the she whip? Don't, she doesn't attack me, so no. Oh, so y'all don't get violent? Y'all don't argue? Mm, we argue, but it doesn't get there. I always wonder, like, what would you argue about? Like, you fucking bitches with your girl. Like, what would the <sighs> argument ever be? With like? Well, that's a pretty easy way to get into an argument. Why? Because you're fucking another girl with her. So she's letting you. So what the fuck is the argument? Right, but, I mean... At times, cooler heads do not prevail, and you might get into a, a riff you over see. that. Oh, the light's going out, man. And it's back. It's a bad sign. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that shit happened last time on our podcast. Whole lights go out, dog. Whole... Yeah, fuck it. I like it, though. It can just flicker all, all, all day. If the cameras go out, then we have a problem. Yeah. 
Anyway, what do you think the people want to hear us talk about? Since this is such an, a must-ask-for interview. I mean, I probably think they would just want to know my backstory. You know what I'm saying? Or if I still give a fuck about Tiger or not. Oh, what? don't don't you feel like embarrassed that your co-hosts just bring up Tiger every five seconds? I, I feel embarrassed for show, you. After the last show, I was pretty embarrassed. Because I just feel like, okay, here you are. You're doing something. You got a, a dope thing going. And then they just keep bringing you back. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ, let it go. Just let, let the man breathe a little bit. I'm my own fucking man. You see me right here in the interview with you. Yeah. I got here. Yeah. I, I'm so proud of myself. I got here not giving a fuck. Right. I'm proud of myself. Like, I wasn't really a fan or, you know what I'm saying, always wanted to be here on a platform and shit like that. Just my my thing. And I'm just here being myself, man. I'm proud of my motherfucking self, even though I still love you, though. Oh, yeah. But I'm proud of myself being here, man. Oh, yeah. Even and, though we don't, if we don't even talk about shit. And you had, to, you had to fight through all the friction that you had when you first got here. Josh saying, no, we don't want him on the channel. Me saying, no, oh, that motherfucker, he's talking shit in the group chat. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> Josh is shaking his head. I didn't do that. I didn't do that. What you think the fans want to hear from me? Why you think these motherfuckers want me to interview so bad? <sighs> well, for the record, like I interviewed AD way before we even thought about having him do content. Mm -hmm. House phone, I interviewed like six fucking years ago, like when I first met him, I think. You know, do know I interviewed, not knowing that he was going to be a part of that at the end of the day. Sharp, I interviewed, not knowing that he was going to be on the channel. You're, this is the first, arguably, interview that I've done. With one of the hosts, about like after they've already become a person who's earning money from No Jumper, being on camera on a consistent basis, so it is kind of unique. Yeah, that's cool. Did I make you uncomfortable when I first came? No. Why would I, Why would I be uncomfortable? I don't know. You know what I'm saying sometimes my energy just make people, certain people uncomfortable, and you don't you you know you're not like that uh, big friendly guy. You know what I'm saying when you first meet motherfuckers. Oh no 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 no. So, my, my my walls are up high. You gotta be careful. Yeah. That's when I first met you. I ghosted you. <laughs> <laughs> he was like the ghost me on his fucking interview. You know what I'm saying? Golly. I, I love when you, you've told that story on the No Jumper Show <laughs> or on the AD podcast and on fucking Trev's interview with you on the VBC, which is if, if people want to watch this, they really should watch that first because that's like the main point of reference that I have. I learned a lot about you from watching that. See a lot. See when you do interviews, I know you probably like try to research, but with me, you probably can't research shit. You know what I'm saying? Because I was always a behind the scenes guy, so I know you probably was like, "What the fuck this nigga did? And what he do?" You have music videos, videos, twenty million views with fucking what's her name? That that random ass girl rapper who? who went, oh, don't honey, do honey, don't do honey like that. Fucking, you got TV appearances from some show. Back in the day that I don't even, I never even knew existed. I'm watching that. I'm like, wow, this is like literally the same person. It doesn't seem like you changed that much since then. Like you still talk exactly the same. You're still doing the same shit on camera in that reality show shit that I see you do for the vlog camera. Like, I don't fucking know, man. Like you just go into this little monologue and shit. I'm like, he's not changed that much. Man, yeah, shit. I'm like Tupac out here. Whatever role, nigga's going to be the same fucking me. The same mm. shit. You know what I'm saying? You walk around feeling nigga. like Tupac? Me too. Oh God! Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, my birthday is a day apart, man. I, I take pride in that. Really, me yeah. and Future are a day apart, same year, I think, too. Oh, you lethal. Mm. That's why you doing what you doing. But I only got one baby mama. Yeah, oh, you, you might be above Future. You, you ain't got to the porn scene yet. And I could spell her name, unlike Future. 
<laughs> no, nah, that's how you spell her nickname, dog. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I didn't even see. I just seen the headline. Future misspelled his baby mama's name on like Instagram. Shout out. I'm like, wow, that's rough. I grew up with her, man. Oh, really? Yeah, Jesus I grew Christ. up with her. I mean, we grew up in the skating ring. We used to go to the skating ring a lot, man. World on Wheels. We used to do it up, man. What, what year been did, doing it? What year did that stop be, being a thing? Because I've I heard so much history from there. A big you beating people up outside of there, lining Damn. them up and knocking them down. My boy Gabe used to be out there skating all the time. Probably like 2008-ish. That's think. when it closed. I think it stopped being a thing because okay. uh, I think the East Coast is in like the Grape Streets had like so crazy amount of beef and people start getting killed. And that was at Skate Depot. World on Wheels has always been some gang shit. You okay. know what I'm saying? And then that happened to close down. But yeah, that have that was always some gangster schoolyard crib. You know what I'm saying? Like it was always going crazy in there. Mm. So yeah, but 2008, like it probably just you know died down, and then people just really stopped going because the gang shit was just too crazy. Really? Yeah, it was too crazy. Damn, were they like embracing that shit at all, or were they like making it? Like, were you not allowed to wear? Colors when you were in there it was like crazy list of rules that patting you down. They gotta find the burner before you go in there. I mean, shit, Skate, skate Depot was a little further from us, you know, L.A. gang bangers, and then even Compton too. Still though, you know, like they'll travel um, down to Skate Depot. So at that point, it's like whoever come deep, nigga, on Tuesday, whoever come the deepest, that's that's what's happening. You are gonna get your ass whooped. So niggas was just chancing it, like, wow, you feel me? If I owned a skating rink, I would not. Yeah, if you own a skating rink and you think there's any chance that somebody's gonna get a shot there, it's bad. That's all bad. <laughs> As a business owner, you're like, uh, this it's is, a this real terrible. fucking good chance you might get shot there and yeah. beat up. And you know, my boy Gabe was doing a lot of that shit, oh, beating yeah. people up. You know what I'm saying at the skating rink. His name One Punch. He got that for a reason. Yeah, he got that for a reason. I never. I don't think I ever saw him beat anybody up. I he seen was, him get up in people's faces and they immediately back down. Nah, he was knocking shit out. Yeah. For sure. That was my first, like, L.A. street friend. I, I learned a lot from him. I learned a lot from that actual video that you did with that nigga, though, man. The interview from that back in the interview, day? interview, yeah. Oh I didn't know he did karate or Thai or whatever the fuck he did. You, man, Muay I was sort of talking to the camera like, it's a man, rest <laughs> in peace, my boy, but golly, dog, you, you fucking... Making the uh, fucking vein dead in your shin. Oh, from kicking the your, fucking tree your or whatever. fists and yeah. shit like that. I'm like, that's why your ass was over here beating people up. He dead, was, deading his shin so he had no nerve left bro, to hurt. Bro was fucking people up. You saw it? Like beating people's ass. Really? Quick. Wow. Like gotta break him up. It was crazy because we would always hear him tell us gang stories from back in the day and crazy ass street stories. But when we were out riding with him, he would usually just be on some bike riding shit. So we never really got to see, like, I never firsthand knew about any of that shit. And then we don't see him for a couple of years. And then he gets killed in front of his fucking grandma's house. And it's like, oh. That nigga was an adventurous nigga. I didn't know he would even, like, take it that serious. But he always was on his bike. He was jumping off roofs and all type of shit. He always did flips and backflips. And then when, when he said he was in gymnastics, that fucked me up. Like, I thought you was just a hood gymnastic motherfucker. And I actually wanted to take classes, yeah. nigga. Like, you was in gymnastics. Like, he was always that nigga. So on top of gangbanging, then gymnastics, then BMX riding, like... Football, like this thing, it was like all around. He went to athlete, Russia. Dog. He was twelve, and he went to Russia to do gymnastics. Bro, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I've, I've every single twelve year old kid from South Central at that time or whatever. I'm assuming none of them have been to Russia. That's pretty out there. Fuck no, crazy. Hell no. Nah. 
Well, you want to tell us a little bit about your early days since this is a no jumper interview and I'm kind of required to ask that of everybody? I mean, how, how early you want to go back? Let's go, let's go all the way back. Wait, talk about your, your upbringing, man. Well, yeah, you know what I'm saying? My upbringing started on the uh, east side of Los Angeles. Well, east side, maybe west side of Los Angeles, 88th and Broadway. One of the sickest streets, you know what I'm saying, around the 80s at that time. Because uh -huh. Freeway Rick Ross' mom lived on the same street we lived on. Really? Yeah, so it was crazy. So everybody on our street really had bread, you know what I'm saying? Because he was showering money, for real. So he was still free he was in free. the early days. So this is before, because yeah. he did, what, 20 years? Yeah, I'm old. Okay. So this is before he went to jail. Wow. This is before he went to jail. Yep. I'm saying I used to see money in my mama, like, fucking in a bedroom, in my room, meat coats everywhere. Everybody, you know what I'm saying? This was crazy. This is how old I am. You know what I'm saying? Beach cruisers was tight. People, you know, riding their bikes up and down the street, sweatsuits and Cadillacs and shit, Corvettes. I'm like, this shit crazy. Well, Even when I was How was your mom getting money? She was a lookout? Man, my mama had a cleaning business. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like Duno, but she was cleaning those niggas' houses. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that, Freeway okay. Rick homies and friends and cousins and shit. And wow. she made it into a business, yeah. And so at what age did you start to process it? Like, oh, this is a drug block. Uh, I processed it right when he went to jail. Right okay. when he went to jail is when I noticed that this shit wasn't legit. So before that, you thought the shit was sweet. You just thought like, oh, this this guy's really figured something out over here. This nigga got hotels <laughs> over here. Yeah, he got stores. I'm like, this motherfucker the president out here. I'm like, damn. Wow. Man, that was crazy, bro. I'm telling you. I used to go with my mama to clean their houses and shit. I only saw cash. I never saw no dope. Mm. But I only, I did see a lot of cash. And this, the, all them documentaries and movies was not lying. She used to clean this one condo. I remember it used to be trash bags full of money. And the shit should be all on the table. I should be like, what the fuck is this? Wow. Yeah, on everything, bro. So you remember how the neighborhood changed once he got locked up, or did anything change? Once the, when he got locked up, the neighborhood went to shit. Really? I'm not even going to lie to you. The neighborhood declined, nigga, dramatically. Really? Yep, and as a kid, I seen that shit, too. I seen everybody struggling. I seen everybody moving different. You know what I'm saying? I seen people moving. Uh -huh. You know what I'm saying? Dying. Like, it was crazy. But did you get the... the, the the money that was being made was also a result of a lot of people being strung out on drugs in that area as well. Like, did those pieces connect in your head? Hell no, I was a little ass kid. <laughs> right. I didn't know that shit. But when, that's what I'm saying, when he went to jail and people were trying to connect, they dots and do probably do what he was doing. Even some of my family members were strung out on drugs. Like, my auntie, like, my, my uncle sold dope to my auntie. You know what I'm saying? And I used to see her. She was my favorite auntie. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh -huh. I used to love her to death, but she was cracked out. You know what I'm saying? When I used to go over his house, I was like, okay, this shit's getting bad. Right. It's crazy. Wow. You never tried it? Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I would have tried it. <laughs> oh, I never even seen that shit. Like, that I shit said that crazy, to my girl like, the other day. I said, you know, I've never seen somebody do heroin in real life. <laughs> I've like, never seen it. You know, it's kind of fucked up. Like I should have seen it at least one time. Right? You know, the only time I seen crack was when I was in the projects. Really? Yeah, I was in the projects. Yep, Bonnie Hunter projects. I seen a nigga cooking crack. That's yeah. crazy that you did that stupid ass video. But I seen a nigga cook crack. I'm like, this shit is crazy. I will forever get shit for that, even though that was not real crack. I wonder why they give you shit for that. Because they think that I filmed these guys cooking crack, and then there was this big gang takedown, and they arrested this whole gang. And the reason why they knew that they were selling crack was because of this no jumper vlog. When in reality, all the dudes that got busted were not in that video. It's a completely different thing. Yeah. I pulled up, and this was their bright idea. It's like, oh, we're gonna cook up this wax and pretend that it's crack. And we ended up blurring it anyway because we thought that on YouTube, 
you know, we 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 didn't think it implicated them. It actually made it seem more like real drugs because we blurred it. Because you would have been able to, like, somebody who knew about cooking crack would be able to tell that it wasn't crack if we had not blurred it. Yeah, I mean, you're the you, you're the white man with the yeah. most common sense. They probably would have think you'd have said, "Let's not do this." I pulled up. They said we want to do the scene for the vlog. I said, "All right, fuck it, fuck it." Yeah, it's your, it's your, oh, well. it's your building. It's your block. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, crack. Yep. And then after that, that's when it all started. We moved to the 50s. Mm-hmm. Once we moved to the 50s, it got crazy. And that's when you felt like you needed to squad up or what? Uh, for the 50s, yeah. I mean, for the 50s, it just felt like a, a, it was a family-oriented neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? We didn't cross the tracks. Like, we didn't go out the 50s. We only stayed in the 50s. And we didn't have to really go nowhere. Everybody loved each other. You know, house parties, you know, uh, on Q Street, they used to block the street every year. You know what I'm saying? Um, and that shit was just tight. You know what I'm saying? The 50s was tight. But that's, you know what I'm saying? That's where it all started. So you you move there and you have to join a gang or you choose to join a gang? Or, or what, what space does this occupy in your mind? Like, why did you feel like you needed to do that? Well, every, you know, I was evolved around all my homies and they friends and family members was from Hoover. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't really have to be from Hoover. I'm like, I don't got to do this shit. I, I still was going to the set day and all the whole little shit. Like, because I was welcome because we all lived over there. So, you know, he from Hoover, but I, I stay in the neighborhood. I'm from the 50s, whatever the case may be, I can still go. But, you know, it's a lot of uh, shit happened, you know what I'm saying, when we was younger. And a lot of death happened when we was younger. So one day, you know, my little brother friend got shot mm. and he got shot in front of them all wow. you know what i'm saying um and i don't know i think they was probably like 13 years old and that just that one moment just like shattered them in the inside like they and they just had hatred yeah you know what i'm saying like like still right now like it just it, it put a certain like hatred in they in a body and they soul so for, after that my little brother he was actually like, you know what? I'm finna. He was from a little clique, but he was like, you know, I'm finna go do the thing. Mm. So, you know, one day he come home, he doing it up. I see different niggas with him, you know what I'm saying? And and one day he was like, you know, fuck it. And I'm like, <laughs> well, you know, this is my little brother. Right. You know, I'm a I'm a ride or die for you because you a little ass nigga. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? These other big niggas might fuck your ass up, so. If anything ever happened like that, or try to get at you like that, I'm you know I'm gonna be right there for you. It's crazy because people are always trying to have the conversation. Usually, when somebody dies, about like how do we stop the the cycle of violence? I mean, right there, that's that's probably why it's it's not gonna stop anytime soon. Is because one person gets killed and it just creates this fucking avalanche of of, of animosity towards other people. And, you know, you see it where, like, decades later, a lot of times that shit is still alive and well. Yeah, but how do you stop that fucking avalanche? How do you stop that shit? I always ask my homies right now to this day, like, how the fuck do we stop that? You know what I'm saying? Now I understand at an older age why I see why people target the youth. Mm-hmm. Because, you know what I'm saying? Because you grown-ups and, you know what I'm saying, you adults don't understand you stuck in your way. So we got to attack the youth and we got to teach them different. But still, we can only teach them different here and there. You know what I'm saying? Maybe a holiday or a weekend or, you know what I'm saying, a couple days out the week. But they also got to go home. And when they go home, they still, like, evolved around the ignorance. Yeah. And then you just it just starts, like, trickling down. Like, it's nothing, like, we can really do. So I'm like, how the fuck do we stop that shit? 
Right. Yeah, that shit is crazy, bro. Yeah, it's hard to say because, I mean, even though you can provide opportunities to the people who have potential and who are the most gifted from a certain area, but at a certain point, it's like those those aren't going to be the ones who turn into shooters in the first place. You know, the dudes who become successful clothing entrepreneurs or fucking YouTubers or whatever. I mean, those probably weren't the dudes who were going to go kill somebody anyway. It's going to be the dudes who are lost who maybe aren't necessarily smart enough to like, you know, go to college or get a job or, or really, you know, usually it ends up being the people or, and, and not like it's always like that because a lot of times it's just the person who really, really, really wants to get revenge for something that they saw done to their friends. Yeah. How the fuck do you beat that? I, you can't. I don't know how the fuck you beat that. That's why I'm saying it's a never-ending story, especially with all the shit going on. I'm like, it's just a never-ending story. Rappers getting killed, or Draco getting killed, and, uh, like Slim 400 getting killed. Like, what the fuck? Like, when when is it gonna ever stop? And then his homies gonna have a forever vendetta against somebody, and his homies and they homies. Like, how do you actually stop that shit? You can't. How do you turn that shit off? Like, yeah. how do you do it, bro? Well, when did you start to see past that? Because I feel like everybody has that moment where they start to realize that the world is, not everybody, but the people who do get out of that circumstance have a, a moment where they realize how much bigger the world is. I mean, I, how I got past it is, you know, a through tiger. You know what I'm saying? I had more good time. It's still fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Let's just get that out the way. You know what I'm saying? But some some of your homies, you say fuck you too. Only time heals all. But you know, when I when I met that nigga, I had more good times than bad times. And you know, I've never been out of California in my life mm. until I met that nigga. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like I met that nigga and then we went somewhere like Arizona, not too crazy, but I packed the whole big ass bag like I was finna go to, you know what I'm saying, London. Like it was crazy. Like, yeah, he like he started showing me things that I thought I'd never ever fucking see, and that shit just lighted me. Did you meet him under the pretense of you kind of protecting him, or or what? Because when like on Clubhouse, you hear Wack 100, this is the dude who was protecting Tiger, yada yada. Did you feel like that at the time, or did that just kind of become the circumstance? At the time, I was hanging with him because I'm like, well, maybe I could probably potentially rob the nigga or something. <laughs> <laughs> At first? At first, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I ain't even going to lie to him. I'm like, I might get this nigga too. Fuck it, let's go in here because I know how to talk. You know what I'm saying? I know how to finagle the whole little shit. But how I met the nigga is through Schoolboy Q. Oh, I met okay, the nigga right. through Schoolboy Q. And then... Um, Schoolboy Q had like a little small falling falling out with the nigga or whatever the case may be, over whatever happened. You know what I'm saying? Some chain getting snatched, some shit like that, and Q did whatever he had to do, and then you know, T. Raw had some money and you know didn't distribute it right or whatever the case may be, and Q like you know what I ain't fucking with that nigga no more. Uh-huh. And then you know I used to live in Compton. You know what I'm saying? I stayed in Roddy Richard. I stayed in the Sunny Cove. So I used to live in Compton. I used to throw a lot of parties or whatever the case. And one day the sheriffs came by, and the homies has, had a gun outside, threw it in a tree. The sheriffs run in my house. Luckily, I was across the street from my house when this happened, talking to somebody. And I see the police rushing in my house, blah, blah, blah. blah. I'm like, all right, they're going to rush in my house. They ain't going to find nothing. They're going to come out. We're going to go back partying because we don't give a fuck. Young, drunk, don't give a fuck. So... Once that shit happened, you know what I'm saying? They like, hey, the owner, they looking for the owner. Mm. I'm the owner. You know what I'm saying? I was like probably like 23, 25. You owned the home? You had actually bought the home or you rented it? Yeah, I bought the home. You know what I'm saying? And I actually bought the home I lived in too when I used to live in the 50s on 56th Street. You know what I'm saying? I bought the home over there when I was 19. I let all the homies stay with me, live with me, all that. How are you getting money at this time? 
I was doing my thing and I was working. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yep, I was doing my thing and I was working. There's a lot so, of ways to do your thing, but whatever you say. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> use your imagination. Use your imagination, but yeah, okay. man. Yep. I was, well, whatever it happened. They was looking for the owner. I couldn't go back home to Compton. Mm-hmm. Q wasn't fucking with them no more. So I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to go over here with your little homie. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? I'm going to go fuck with him, whatever, when I'm in L.A. He was like, all right, go fuck with that nigga. Fuck that nigga. I'm but like, you still right. own that home. You just didn't want to do parties there anymore because you felt like the cops were going to show up and then you are going to have to deal with this gun situation? Yeah, I own a home. I didn't want to go back. And they were still looking for me because uh-huh. my little brother at that time, he looked just like me. He was skinny. He just was a little shorter. Now he's fat as fuck. But he was skinny. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And they used to pull him over at the check cash and play some Wilmington like, hey, we got him. He's like, oh, that's his brother. I'm like, oh, these niggas really looking at me. They trying to plant some guns on me. Wow. I'm like, well, fuck that. I ain't never going back. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I, that shit wasn't mine. I ain't going back over there. I mean, you might have had to go to court, but ultimately, it's not like they would have been able to pin the gun on you just because they found it in a bush in front of the house during a house party. I'm sure you weren't thinking about it like that, but really, yeah. what were they going to do, right? Yeah, I don't, you know, just some ignorant nigga shit not knowing, you know mm. what I'm saying, being I scared. Me, yeah, yeah just, I'd be terrified of that is, too. Yeah. Right. And I tried to sell the house. Really? Yeah, I tried to sell the house, and that's when the market crashed. And so so like, I'm gangbanging and got houses. <laughs> I know when the market crashed and all type of shit. Wait, like 2008? This was like 2006, six seven. Right. Yeah. yeah. And the market crashed. I bought a house yeah. at like almost the exact same, at the height of the market at that time in New Hampshire. Off Damn. of my like poker money at the time, yeah, and then the fucking market crashes. I think I bought it for a hundred forty thousand, and it was worth like eighty thousand like a couple months later. Damn. So that was rough. I bought some shit. <laughs> I bought my house was like four hundred thousand, nigga, in Compton. Yeah, four hundred. Jesus Christ. Four hundred. I'm like, oh, I'm finna sell this bitch. You feel me? I'm, I'm at least get fifty out of it. Uh huh. Or whatever, because I'm gonna just try to sell it fast. I'm like, and the real estate agent was like, uh. Uh, the market just crashed. I'm like, what the fuck that means? <laughs> it was like she was like, your house is worth two fifty now, and I'm like, what? Wow. Yeah, I let that shit go on foreclosure, and I kept hanging with Target. Wow. Oh God in heaven. Crazy. But so yeah. you already had the entrepreneurial mind state. Like you, if you hadn't met him and and figured out that that was an opportunity, you would have been doing something else. Because when you talk about like the party shit and whatever the fuck you were doing in the streets or whatever, it sounds like you were going to make it one way or another, right? Yeah, one way or another, I was going to do it. If you talk to any of my homies, I've been doing it since I was young. I'm going to mm-hmm. do I've been doing all this shit since I was young already. 18, 19, you know what I'm saying? Right. Two-story house, nigga, in the ghetto, you know what I'm saying? Back house, letting all my homies stay there, nigga, living, working, doing all the shit, you feel me? Right. Yeah. So when you got rid of the house, but did you always have the mind state, though, that you weren't really trying to, well, like, when did it kick in that you were like, I don't want to be breaking the law for a living because that shit is not going to last me yeah, a long I, time. When I start hanging with that nigga, going yeah. on tours and rapping and seeing this shit and being on tour with Lil Wayne, Drake, and Diddy, and Nicki Minaj, and all of this shit, I'm like, this ain't it. Mm. This not it out here. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, and I used to still put, have one foot in, one foot out. I used to still go back and try to go on the block and try to kick it and all of that. And then I start having kids. And I'm like... It's not it. Bro. How old's your oldest kid? Twelve. Oh, twelve. Yeah, she's okay. twelve. I saw that family photo and I was just like, Jesus Christ, this girl looks old as fuck. I'm like, how the hell is <laughs> this his kid? <laughs> like grown like, as fuck. I'm yeah. like, she looks like she's fucking seventeen. I'm like, how old is this dude? Damn, I know. Black don't crack. That's how I felt when Blue Jasmine showed me the fucking her her sixteen year old son on FaceTime or whatever too. I was like, oh my god. I was god. like, are you fucking serious? You have a kid that's this old? Oh my god, dog. That is crazy. <laughs> yeah. You surprised me with that. But that, yeah, man, him him doing all that. That shit 
made me it opened my eyes mm-hmm. and it opened up you know what i'm saying i and i spread that shit out to a few of my homies you know what i'm saying some didn't catch it some did were you in a relationship when you had that kid or was that just kind of a random thing uh no that was on and off okay. that was on and off yeah but then you had a big gap before you started making more kids yeah did you swear off it was it like over were you fucking terrified to I have was, more I'm, yeah, I actually, after my first one, I'm like, this is it. I ain't having no kids. I ain't having no girlfriend. I ain't having none of that bullshit <laughs> until I met Heather. Right. Because when you're saying? young, like, I mean, I was deathly afraid of having a kid when I was young. I knew how bad it was going to fuck my life up if I did. <laughs> That's what I was just saying. I was like, why the fuck do people say that kids are going to fuck their life up when it just makes it even better? Yeah, but like the closest I came when I was like 21, I remember I got drunk as fuck, nutted in this girl out in Pensacola, Florida. If I had got that bitch pregnant, it would have probably ruined my Well, I mean, <laughs> at the very least, I would be sitting here right now with a white trash baby mama in Pensacola. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not ideal. It's not really like how I would have ideally wanted my life to turn out. Damn, we, how, many, how many weak bitches we ever nutted in? Oh, probably hundreds. I don't know. Because I never nutted anybody. <laughs> I was rocking condoms like a motherfucker, which is crazy to me now because I can never, ever wear a condom again. Never? Well, maybe if I had I to. I ain't having no more kids. I'm with the condom. I'm with birth control and all that shit. I can't have no more kids. Fuck that shit. You should get your fucking tubes tied, man. Me? Yeah. Or her. Fuck no. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> one day we might change our mind at 50. <laughs> Nifty. Um, <laughs> oh God, that's cool. But uh, okay, so <laughs> how many years exactly would you say that you were actually on the road doing this shit, and then what, and then Last Kings is like the the next step in that journey, right? But how many years were you on the road? It's so much shit happened within two years, like two years probably. Like it was fucking amazing. Then Last Kings happened. Okay, so two years, and during that, he's his career is like really taking off, skyrocketing. Like all of a sudden, he's just getting crazy opportunities, big songs on the radio, all this shit. Yeah, after like Bear Rock, after mm. he did that song, because he wasn't on uh, Every Girl in the World. Wow, so you were around for Bedrock? That's crazy. Bear Rock, yep. I that was, was in the moment. studio when they all recorded it, except Drake. Really? Yep. Oh God. And then I I was in the studio when Nicki brought like a verse to the to the studio but he didn't like it really and she had to go do it over and i think it was something like that with every girl in the world i don't i'm not sure but she was like super upset like i'm gonna be on this motherfucking song <laughs> like <laughs> that was that like record planning nigga in hollywood she like i'm gonna be on this motherfucking song i'm we doing it like because they knew that those hits like those hits were gonna take them over the top guaranteed right because wow. you get to perform it and I mean, it's hard to imagine anybody telling Nikki that shit now, but at the time, <laughs> yeah, it was still, you know, she's pretty much like a new artist. Lil Wayne was mean. Mm. Lil Wayne was mean as a motherfucker. I'm mean like you. a dick or mean like he just knew what he wanted and he wasn't. He wasn't trying to, you know, when you're a normal person and you're in a workplace and, you know, the other person on the other side of the office smells bad, you got to be nice about it. But then all of a sudden one day you're Lil Wayne. And it's like, motherfucker, you stink. Get in the shower. Yeah, he was I sound like AD right now. But, uh, <laughs> he was so cold. He would tell every nigga in the studio, like, you trash. Really? Like, hey, you trash, you trash, and you trash. Because like, he told get your you ass that, up out of he here. He said you weren't trash, right? He told me I was trash, too. Oh, really? But yeah, then he told at me some to point, he told you up. you were all right? Yep. He did. He told me, I, I, I said this before, but he told me, look, I, I was... I, 
Tygo was rapping a verse, right? And I was like, ooh, that shit hard. Right? In mm-hmm. the studio. He waited till everybody did they fucking verse. Gutter everybody, right? And then he cut it off. He was like, that shit trash. Everybody in here. And he was like, who are you? And I was like, my name T-Rail. He was like, hey, uh, this your homie? He was like, hey, don't never say shit in my studio session until this nigga got you financially stable. You financially stable? And I was like, no. He was like, then that nigga trash. The whole studio just looking at me like, oh, shit. Wow. But it was true, though. Like, damn. I'm like, we ain't financially stable, nigga. We got to do it up. Right. Yeah, I mean, was that going through your head a lot during that time period of like, damn, I'm around all these people who are getting rich as fuck. We always wondered this about like the rapper's hype man or whatever, you know, like, are they really, you see the rapper making millions of dollars, you wonder like, is is the hype man necessarily uh, sharing in this at all? Like, did you feel like you were like, obviously you're getting great opportunities because you're around all these superstars and you're on tour and stuff. But were you also thinking in the back of your head, like, I'm not making enough money for being here and this is kind of a waste of my time in a, you in a god sense. damn right <laughs> and one day i woke up and said we need to start a clothing line because mm-hmm. we wearing bbc too fucking much right and this nigga giving us he giving us free clothes but we need to be making our own money this was around when tisa was out with taz arnold was doing his shit too he was wearing his hats uh-huh. and i'm like we need to wear our own shit let's sell it and this is very early before every rapper figured out that they needed their own merch or their own clothing line oh god in heaven because it wasn't no other rappers it was just tiger when he was when he was younger it wasn't no other rappers out none of these niggas was now i don't know remember no one being no younger rappers like his age being out you Mm. feel me like at that time that year like it wasn't no one right yeah and was his situation like you know people hype up or maybe they hype up maybe they're not hyping it up when they say like T Rail was protecting him in the streets. Like, was it because it's, it's very rare to see a rapper come up out of LA who's not either from a gang or essentially looped in with a gang that's kind of got his back? Yeah, I, I'm pretty much like, why, nigga, he's respected right now in the music industry in Los Angeles, California. I let him build that rapport with other people. I, I walked them in these rooms and made them niggas feel comfortable because of where I was from and what I was doing. You mm-hmm. feel me? Like, at first when I met that nigga, he was just getting robbed every every other fucking week. You feel me? And robbed then, like somebody run up in the crib or robbed like, like he pistol got his in chain, the face. Like, no, he got his chain snatched. Then Gator got his chain took. Then, you know, it was just too much. It was too much on the, on the internet already, like YouTube. Mm. You know, homies going like these niggas was going crazy on this nigga. You right. know what I'm saying? I'm like, so he had a song, Coconut Juice or whatever happened, and that shit is <laughs> that shit failed. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It went down the drain. He was trying to get his career back up. So I start hanging with him. But as I'm hanging with him, I'm noticing all this crazy shit. Like these niggas dishing. I'm like, ain't no nigga dissing me. Why I'm with you? So we gonna go check him. Uh-huh. And he like, all right. He like. I just looking at me like, all right. I'm like, no, nah, nigga, I'm serious. So whenever, whatever little party, I checked every nigga on the internet to this day. I checked them, all of you niggas. And everybody know, like, hey, don't ever talk crazy about that nigga no more. I'm on your head, mm. period. Only nigga I didn't get was this nigga with braces. I don't know. I forget the nigga name, but I never caught up to that nigga. But every rapper, everybody who ever dissed him got checked. Do you have to do anything crazy or you just... 
Nah, I'm a loke, and I just I'm a loke, so I know these niggas is scary. This is the music industry, and he's scary too. So, but mm. I gotta let these niggas know, like he with a real one. So we ain't doing that shit no more, cause my reputation on the line and my homie's reputation on the line. So we ain't doing none of that. You know mm. what I'm saying? We walking through, nigga, with our head held high and our chest up, nigga, and we knocking shit down, nigga. Period. But so you're a loke, but you're also from Hoover, because yeah. you are from the the rare Hoover set. The five deuce Hoovers. This is what I've ascertained from watching a lot of street videos on the internet. So you're a Hoover and a Crip, which is yeah, relatively H- rare. Yeah, HGC. You know what I'm saying? We the only Hoovers that didn't give up the C. You know what I'm saying? Hoover gangster Crip. Everybody else said, "Fuck everything." It's really, really anybody killer. You know what I'm saying? It's criminal gang. So they changed their shit to ACG. So you guys have specific enemies, like like the the all the other Hoovers have. Issues with certain people, and then your issues with other people is completely different, or no, is no, it no, relatively no, it's the same similar? Shit. Okay, it's the same shit. It's the same shit. Doing the same shit. That shit don't mean nothing. They, you know, niggas are just going by what they what they grew up on and what 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 the older homies grew up on, man. That's what we got put up put on under, nigga, and that's what we gonna stay. And that's right. what they did. But so you would you ever rock a blue rag or only orange rags? Nah, we we rock blue rock rags. Both. Yeah, okay. we rock both. You know what I'm saying? But the orange is just sick. Right. Yeah, just stand out. When I met AD, it was at a fucking Hoover slash Crip music video shoot. Everybody all together having a good time. Was I there? I don't think so. It was that Greedo and Maxo video. Oh, no, I wasn't there. That's how I met Alshon and oh, yeah. a few other people. Love Alshon. It's the homie. Yeah. Yeah, I've been knowing him, too, since I was a kid. Nice. Yeah. When, uh, okay, so you said we wanted to start a clothing line, and then... What what like were you specifically bringing to that? Like, had you always been interested in clothes in general, or were you just kind of like, this is I, your first time fucking with this concept? Well, I brought the whole air, the whole aesthetic. I brought the whole aesthetic with my boy named SB. You went to and, Egypt. Well, no, I had to. <laughs> <laughs> this is you know what? That's funny because <laughs> I want to go to Egypt too. <laughs> it's funny because I had to study like my culture. Like I was mm. seeing uh, Taz Arnold, and I was like, "What the fuck, Tisa mean?" And all the whole little shit. Then I he started telling me about different little shit. I I, I understood that he was a five percenter. They was Muslim, so I started getting into the supreme mathematics, the supreme al- alphabet, and I just wanted something that meant something. I'm like, okay, th- th- it has to mean something. Has to be a code acronym for my culture okay. so and then that's how the um that's how the uh, pharaoh came about you know what i'm saying but it last was leaders of art style and talent you know what i'm saying and we was the kings of that you feel me so that's that's really what it meant if niggas really don't fucking know because really niggas didn't know we just put the shit on and had to sold it right but yeah i just really wanted that shit to mean something right and so the, the store on melrose was a part of the whole plan from the beginning fuck no no Hell no. Everything just came about just fucking random. How long did it take before that popped up? Because even now, it's like, it's not that many rappers that have stores in Hollywood. Oh, God. It took probably about a year, two years after we we started the brand. Like, we were doing really fucking well. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to my boy, Lo, too, because I was doing... Um, I was doing Sorella, but I was doing Last Kings, but Sorella was doing just way, way, way better. You know uh-huh. what I'm saying? On lines, women clothes. We so you were doing do. Sorella at the same time that you were doing Last Kings? Yep, on God in Heaven. We started. So start you were together. already with Heather at that point? Yeah, I've been with Heather since I've been on tour, nigga, with Tiger. Oh, okay. I didn't realize you've been together that long. Yeah, we've been together for uh, 11 years. So what, what was your ownership percentage in Last Kings? Do you own any part of it? 30%. Okay. And so yeah. you're doing that, and then you're also like, hey, babe. Yep. I want to do something where I have a bigger percentage of it. Let's do this shit. Well, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to T-Raw again, but you still a bitch. 
<laughs> Shout out to Cub again, but you know what I'm saying? The nigga, the nigga was like, I'm a, I came up on some money. I'm gonna give you some money. Okay. And you gotta make it work. Right. You know what I'm saying? And we gonna try to do this last king shit with this and do whatever else you want with the with the with the remaining. And I'm like, all right, whatever. So I gave my girl some money. I'm like, go start you something. Uh-huh. I'm gonna take this last king shit and try to do it up. Last Kings was super fucking hard to do. T-shirts, hats, production, and all that shit was so hard to get it quality. Really? But Sorella, on the other hand, I could just go, you know. Girls have no standards for, for clothing? Girls have zero <laughs> you standards. Them, you yep. sell them a fucking little yeah. stringy top, and they're like, oh, I love it. Yeah, that, niggas is brand loyal. Like, women, <laughs> they don't give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, that shit was cool. She was booming. That's actually super interesting because there's definitely, like, a massive difference between how men consume clothes and how women consume clothes. But oh. I would not feel comfortable trying to explain the difference, but you're you're up front and personal for it, huh? I mean, well, guys are brand loyal, Girls don't give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? If it look cute, they throwing it on, period. It, it could be from anywhere. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because girls really rock Fashion Nova nonstop. And, like, I mean, you're just not going to see, like, a rich dude rocking Fashion Nova. But girls, like, if it looks cool, they just throw it on. I mean, yeah. Shout I mean, out to Fashion Nova. <laughs> <laughs> fuck Fashion Nova, nigga. This Sorella on this motherfucker. Even though I fuck with Rich, I fuck with you, though, Rich. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. Yeah, that is that's fucking crazy. Yeah, but we did have a store on there. It was cool. Probably a year after that shit. It was it was you know, it was cool. And so did you just get super motivated by that, and you were like, start seeing this money, and you're like, you know what, like I I just I understand this game now. I'm just gonna go hard as fuck with it. Nigga, in our first like year or two, you made like fifteen million. <laughs> and yeah, and then the store was just making money, and then I was just like, this shit is crazy. And Melrose was a great vibe at this time? Were you just having a blast being out there all the time? Or? The thing, yeah, I was having a blast. The thing that I learned, though, really, truly, you can't put a brand up behind a rapper. Mm. Because if that rapper career declines, your brand is done. Mm. And that's what was happening. His, his brand was declining because he was declining. Right. And the, the clothes wasn't stronger than like his celebrity right and and that's when it just would start going downhill it is crazy because he has had like multiple sort of career resurgences like you just people have like completely just counted them out and then all of a sudden his music's just popping again because he know he got that certain thing in his head like nigga i'm a rap star i'm a superstar all i need is a hit and these whole ass niggas they gonna be on my dick again and that's really really how it happens anybody yeah. can get a hit and they gonna be on your dick yeah because his his like last sort of career resurgence was like basically a bunch of booty records but yeah oh hey, god he, i see he, a lot of rappers try that and it don't work but i'm saying that's your shit that that's what you're supposed to do you know early in his career he didn't want to do that shit mm. early in his career he was just super like i don't know like maybe a like maybe pop he wanted to go really like really pop or you know he, he wanted to do the gym class hero thing right early in his career and i'm like no nigga we from the ghetto you with me you know what i'm saying like we finna go out here and we gonna push it we gonna we gonna we should do this and he's like nah we ain't gonna do that blah blah blah, blah. you know what i'm saying was he but talking gangster on records i don't really remember sometimes he was he started talking gangster on records he's records you know what i'm saying he started talking gangster on records he was like you know what i want to tie myself to an la artist at first you know what i'm saying i'm like cool he was like what's la artist is out there and I'm like, shit, it was Charlie, I think it was uh, Charlie, Charlie Hustle, I don't know, I forgot. 
But um, it was Charlie or YG. You know what I'm saying? And then I'm like, yeah, let's fuck with YG then. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, and he's hit YG, and YG's like, cool, let's do a song. He was doing songs and shit like that. You know, that's how that nigga really got out there as far as like the LA gangster rap and shit like that. YG put him, put him in that circle in Los Angeles, California. He definitely did that. Right. You feel me? And then Mustard start, you know, making beats around that time. But so you're like making all this money while his career is huge, and then you're actually watching the dollars coming in start to dwindle as. Yeah. Because like me as a passive consumer that probably never would have gone to that store or never even thought about buying it. I definitely like saw that happening as like a observer of what was going on as I definitely just saw that the brand start to sort of lose some of its luster, which happens to all brands all the time for all kinds of reasons. But yeah, if, if the artist is starting to become kind of a joke and become kind of a punchline, then I mean, of course their merch or, or their clothing line is gonna basically go through the same thing. Although if you have like a really truly hot clothing line, a lot of times, your rap career can kind of fall off and people will just ignore it because they still fuck with the clothes. Yeah, for real. Like, and that was just, in his case, that was the case. But also, like, that was a different era where we just weren't really used to seeing rappers have that many clothing lines, so it's, it probably was more tied directly to his success. Yeah, he was ahead of his time. We just didn't do it right. But would you say would you say him falling off that time was basically why you guys fell out, or or what was it that led to you not really working with him as much? Yep, that's why we started falling out. Cause I started building my family, you feel me, and then I can't go on the road with you and mm. do what I did. Cause when, at first, nigga, I was your your tour manager, manager, nigga, I'm your fucking assistant, nigga, I do whatever for you. You know what I'm saying? At first, I was that. And then we created the clothing line. I started getting a little money, and but I was going on the road with them. But I'm like, this shit don't make no sense for me. Right. You know what I'm saying? And then the, the brand started declining. And I'm like, I got to be over here with this, this baby over here to make sure we good because this is how I'm eating now with my family. And I got a certain way of living. And this is how I want to. This is how I want to live. Right. You feel me? So ultimately, when that shit started really, really going down the drain, you know, I tried to revamp it, do some new designs, do some, you know, have a new little marketing scheme, a new drop come out. And, you know, behind my back, this bitch ass nigga go start something else. Uh -huh. You know, what was that? You know, some some shit he started. I don't know. And um, I forget the name. What was the name of that shit? Oh, yeah, some easy shit. This nigga started, you know what I'm saying? And then he dropped the shit like last King stores is right here on Orange Grove. He dropped the shit. At that store right on the corner of Fairfax and Melrose. Oh, the like, gallery? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that <laughs> shit had me hot, right? <laughs> Everybody like, what you going to do? Because I'm over here. I gave these niggas jobs and all this shit. I'm the cool owner. I'm over here every day. And they like, and that shit just fucked everybody up, too. So they like looking at me like, oh, Tiger don't fuck with you no more. Mm. So it's just like I had to dumb it down for myself, act like I was supportive, go over there still like a bitch. And, you know, and be cool and all of that shit. But then the brand really just took a, a dive. And then one day we was on the phone or whatever. He was like, you always talking about last game. And I'm like, nigga, fuck you. That's when it just, you know. It, that was it. That was it. You know, I'm, nigga, this is my baby. So I take care of my family. Bitch, you supposed to be helping me, nigga. What was his mistake? Turning you into an entrepreneur? Or like really putting that battery in your back? Because it occurs to me that if he had not giving you as much of an opportunity or not giving you the ownership stake or whatever, if he had kind of kept you in your place so that it probably would have worked out better for him. 
on God at in heaven. Worst for you. If he didn't lace me with a lace me with a, some game, but mm. either or either either or I was I was still I was still soaking it up. Right. I was still soaking it up and still coming from where I came from. I already had a little money. I already experienced all of mm. this kind of little shit. I just never traveled. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I still was gonna make a way regardless. You know what I'm saying? And in the midst of that, we we really started falling off because last year you got sued. He yeah, got yeah. sued There's so many fucking times. He getting sued for all type of shit. Niggas taking cars, last kings. Everybody want the shit. I'm like, damn, we gonna go down the drain. I'm like, man, our last king shit gotta, you know what we doing? And he was like, why you always talking about last kings, nigga? Damn, I'm trying to do something else. I'm like, nigga, fuck you. Mm. And you know, that was my last little conversation. But it's interesting too because now I feel like it's so normal to like meet a dope girl, start a relationship, and then basically start businesses or start doing stuff publicly together. Like, when did that start to click in your head? Like, oh, this is not just a girl that I'm in a relationship with. This is, like, we could, like, build something out of this together. That shit clicked in my head way before she was booming. You mm. know what I'm saying? Well, it clicked in my head when she, one day she told me, because she used to hang around China. It's me, her, China, all the whole little shit. And you, she really wasn't her... She wasn't Heather back then. She wasn't Heather Sanders. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, she was just, like... The bitch that's hanging with Tiger girlfriend, right. you know what I'm saying? Like, so we had to we we had to build that. And one day we was at the studio and she came out. She was like, "I just want something on my own." Mm. And she dropped a tear, and I was like, "You, you want something like me on your own?" Yeah, fuck, yeah. let's do it. <laughs> Same thing. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Me and you, let's do it. That's just really how it happened. You know what I'm saying? That's right. crazy. She said that nigga, and we made that shit happen. And look where we at. That's crazy. Oh, at the studio on Lancashire. Right. Not even in North Hollywood. Did you decide to come here and start podcasting with us because of the fact that Black China has kind of become like the no jumper, like public enemy number one after that interview? Like, <laughs> like the fans, the fans bring her up and talk about her. Like, I have this personal animosity towards her, which I do not give a fuck. Yes, I think she seems like a shitty person, but I mean, I could say that about all kinds of fucking celebrities, you know? Like, I, 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 I don't know. Is that why you, you came mean, in? <laughs> They're like, I'm going to get, get back at Black China again. Link Black, up China, with Adam. Black China and Thought she was a shitty person. Maybe she grew. You know what I'm saying? Maybe she grew. Based on you know that interview, saying? I would say no. <laughs> I mean, her, her, her and Heather had a big falling out, a big crazy falling out, and it right. was so crazy. But I think she grew because she seen Heather like a couple years later, and she was like, "I just want to tell you, I'm sorry." Blah blah blah. Then I seen your interview, and I'm like, "She cold as a motherfucker." Black China and Tiger kind of seem perfect for each other. I'm almost surprised it didn't last longer. Because she was crazy as fuck. Yeah, she was crazy as a motherfucker. Yeah. I helped, I helped his uncle pack her shit, <laughs> all her clothes. Look, she was arguing with this nigga one day. It was crazy, and everybody was like, "You know what? We fucking fed up, nigga. These motherfuckers is in Calabasas, in the Oaks, in the second gate with all the big ass houses at. Police every motherfucking where. This nigga running to my house, packed in bags, sleeping at my house and shit. When they get into it, right? And we like, you know what? This shit is the the next argument is over. And then he called us and he was like, the bitch broke my my uh BET award. She threw it against the wall or whatever. It's I'm, it's going crazy, man. I got I got a couple scratches on my leg or whatever. So we know what the fuck that means. We like, all right, cool. So we go over there, we shoot over there, and we listening. And we and me and Uncle Unc look at each other. We like, oh no, we finna <laughs> this we finna force the nigga to do it. Right. So we packing her shit, nigga, in hockey bags. We put her in her fucking uh, G-Wagon at the time. She ain't even paying attention to us. And she go in the room and she look. She like, oh, that's how it is, nigga. And she got in her G-Wagon, nigga. They ain't been together since. What a shame. Oh, God, I haven't. She was crazy. <laughs> but uh, probably she changed. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to China. She probably changed. Yeah. 
She, she probably changed. I, I, I fuck with her. Anything could change. I mean, she was honestly probably like the least likable person that I've ever had in here, like to do an interview with, both on camera and off camera. So, from my perspective, if she has changed, she must have been really whack before because she was whack as fuck when she came in here. <laughs> I'm just gonna be real. She was wild as a mother, bruh. She was doing mad coke back then, bruh. I don't know what what you was doing back then, nigga. But I'm gonna tell you this one motherfucking incident. You know what I'm saying? You need to hear this, nigga. If you ever listen to this shit, you had us in Germany all the way fucked, all the way up, bruh. She was arguing with Tyga on the bus. She comes storms out the room, asshole naked, boom. Oh, People was- like, ah. She, she look crazy. She look crazy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? She was always naked though. That's the crazy part. Like I, I see her naked all the time. Like it was just regular. Like man, really? she crazy. Like yeah, wow. she was. She didn't give a fuck, bro. Like she not no insecure bitch or nothing like that. She didn't give a fuck. So she come out screaming. Ah! We at a gas station. We like whatever. She having one of her episodes. They fighting or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Boom. They fighting. And we look out the window. The damn Germany police over there. I don't know what you call these niggas over there. But the police. We know it's the police. We see the lights on the thing i'm like if she get loud it's gonna get crazy the bus driver getting scared next thing you know bus driver get out he's scared the police come walking over there mm. damn and we got weed can't have weed you know what i'm saying Jeremy? Right. we had a little nug somebody throw it in the toilet mm. what before that they like everybody get off the bus we get searched most embarrassing shit ever homie and jeremy they make us pull down our pants wow ass showing let me see what y'all got. What? I'm like, bitch, you got me fucked all the way up at the time. Wow. But yeah, she was wild. She made us go through crazy shit like that, dog. Crazy so, shit. A lot of this, like when I think about the T-Rail that I know, who's a family man, who enjoys spending time at home, enjoys spending time with his girl, his kids. It sounds like a lot of the clout-soaked experiences that you had might have kind of turned you off to being around people like early in your career you're kind of willing to be around some shitty ass people just because of the opportunity this shitty ass people disloyal motherfuckers shisty people mm. look you in your eye just lie to you like it was just so devilish for mm. real like for the music for the hit for the for the beat for the producer to get in there like yeah. we just lying all fucking day every day we lying you know what I'm saying? And it's just like, fuck, I should take a toll on you. I don't want to do this shit no more. I'm out of here. Like, wow, really? Bro, that shit was just, just took a toll on me. Just like mentally, like, and just me getting into it with my friends. Like, YG was my friend. Like, for instance, like, Mustard is my friend. Like, and I had to get into I had get I got into it with so many people for this nigga. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, even Chris Brown, like, we had words. Like, but I gets into it with YG. I gets into it with Mustard. And me and YG see each other one day at Q show, like, and we face to face, like, we damn near hate each other. Cause at the time, you know, YG, like, nigga, you getting all this clout off, off of me, nigga, my street credibility, you ain't, you ain't, you ain't sharing all these hits and the money or whatever case may be. But niggas didn't know, you did, but YG was throwing shots, nigga, back then. Mm-hmm. So I'm on YG head, like, oh, nigga, I'm trying to be the tough guy or whatever. YG's a really you know good sneak disser. Yeah, he was sneak disser. He was just sure. Drake yeah. on the podcast, I didn't even know. <laughs> For real? <laughs> I love Drake. That's crazy. <laughs> and then they're fucking like YouTube videos about it. And I'm like, oh, that's what that meant. Okay. I thought wow. he was just like talking shit Why in general. Why the fuck would you diss that nigga? got a big ass song. Whatever. I would see that nigga at the show. No, we Drake almost o, get out too. Not Drake. Oh, Drake. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I was about to say. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I knew. How the fuck you didn't know that? Uh, I, don't know. I don't know. It might have just not been on my. People think I get everything. Oh, okay. He's saying some shit about the truth yeah. or like, you know, we know who the truth is or whatever. And like in retrospect, it's like, oh, duh. Yeah. 
But then Draco did the same thing. He sneaked some people in the interview too. He was doing more than sneak this and niggas too. He was he was blatantly decent yeah. niggas. That's you know fair. What I'm saying. Um, yeah. But okay, so did that? But what about the YG thing? Did you like patch it up with him there? Or yeah, I had to patch it. Like that took so much. In, I'm just bringing it up because it just took so much energy out of me. Mm. And it was just like that's not what we supposed to do. We supposed to be friends. And I was getting into it with this nigga like with everybody and I was like man I ain't doing that shit for you cause it's like the evil shicey shit oh he didn't give me the beat oh fuck him so now it's fuck him cause that's the type of nigga it is if you mm. tell me fuck uh, Phil it's fuck Phil <laughs> <laughs> fuck Phil <laughs> <You know? laughs> like if you say some shit like that that's what type of nigga I was so like oh he didn't give me the beat or he didn't give me the song or he didn't give me the verse like so we don't like these niggas so we don't like nobody in the industry you know what right. i'm saying so i was on that type of time with that nigga and on that type of times with yg and it just at that point when i was looking i was like this shit is like i'm like it's getting out of hand i don't want to do this shit no more like i want to be friendly and i want to fuck with my homies like this shit's stupid right. i didn't make up with them niggas until i after i stopped fucking with that nigga so did you just like what switch the fucking lease on the space over to Sorella or, or that that became when you decided to do the store or, or when did that happen? Yeah, I mean the lease was in my name. Okay. Um it was in Tiger name too, but oh you didn't care about the store. And look what I did. I built a rapport with the owner. Mm. I'm like, I love you. I fuck with you. He loved me. I fuck with me. He was a Jewish nigga. He really fucked with me. I told him the situation. I told him I you know what I'm saying, I wanna move this store right here. You know what I'm saying? Changing her in our name. Just being her name. He didn't do no credit check, no nothing. He came, you know what I'm saying? Canceled that lease, made us the new lease owners, and that's how it went. Wow. Period. Because he just wanted his money every month. And so how different was that for you? Because, you know, for a certain period of time there, you're just dealing with all these dudes who come with the issues that dudes who want to buy cool streetwear come with. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden you got, you know, fucking high school girls walking across the street from nah, Fairfax they, High and copping nah. outfits. <laughs> these ain't no high school girls walking in this moment. <laughs> okay, so what was the average clientele? There's <laughs> bad bitches in there for right. sure. You know what I'm saying? There's strippers come through, bad girls regular, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it be bad ones in there. I ain't going to lie to you. Right. And so what was that like, though? Like, fucking all of a sudden you just have such a different It clientele. was crazy. You know why? Because and most dudes have to go so out of their way to be around a bunch of hot chicks. And then you own that store and it's like you're just surrounded by it. And that just becomes your normal everyday life, I guess. Yeah, it's, it's tight. It's still tight. I mean, in the last few stores wasn't like regular, like packed out the game. Like, okay. fuck no. You know what I'm saying? True. It was just regular people coming through here and there and his fans coming through here and there. So you open a women's store, it's like girls everywhere they coming through non-stop coming and leaving coming like and it's just like i wasn't used to that i was like this shit is crazy because mm. you know i remember saying? being on melrose and you know it's like it's girl shit so i'm not really like that curious about it mm -hmm. but i'm seeing it and i'm seeing the girls tour thing whose idea was that yours it actually was girls tour i was it, like that's that's clever yeah kind of like stealing nikki's lyrics but that's clever I mean, it was my, it was, <laughs> no, or, that's not or, Nicki Lyric, that was right, right, actually yeah, okay. Kanye, you know right, what I'm saying? Right, right, yeah. About, <laughs> but like referring to her. Yeah, it was actually or, or, Kanye. Wasn't it Drake? Who said the girls tour, world tour line? Why am I so that stupid? That was Drake. Now? Okay, yeah, that's yeah, what I'm that thinking. Was Drake. But, who, but Kanye said it before that? Oh, well, matter of fact, that wasn't Kanye, that was yeah, Drake. It was Drake, right. That was yeah. Drake, sorry, Drake. That you was Drake You threw line. me for a loop with that Kanye thing. But, oh, yeah, and the Yeezus tour. So Yeezus and then Drake just just so happened to say that shit. Okay. Girls tour, world tour, whatever the case may be. So, yeah, it was both. It was a tie of both. Because you were pushing that thing for a while. 
Yeah. Having that on the wall and stuff. It's still on the wall. It's still there. It's still there. You know what I'm saying? Look in the book, man. That's one of the world's, you know, it's a landmark. Nice. Yeah, they come, you know. You didn't have anything to do with the the Last King's Pokestop in Pokemon Go? Fuck no. Mm. (laughs) They might have removed it by now. (laughs) Fuck no, nigga. I don't know nothing about none of that shit no more. So That's understandable. Um, Okay. And so then, like, that sort of marks like a new area of your life where you're just working on all that stuff and you're, and you're sort of deciding that you're going to, well, you decided you were going to sort of fall back on a lot of the clout shit that you had maybe been involved with before. Yeah, I fell all the way back on that shit. But then it come a point of time like where I miss like certain things about, you know, just being around or being in those like Hollywood parties and shit sometime. Like I start missing that. And then I'm just like, damn, I'm around my girl all the time. I kind of let her run the thing and do the thing, even though I, I fronted the money. So I feel like, you know, I don't want to step on her toes. So I was like, what the fuck? It started making me fun of feel bad. Like, what do I got on my own now? Like, do I have anything on my own now? Even though that is mine. Mm. But it's just like, damn, I got to rebuild myself all the way over again. And that's you why you started rapping? Now, I started rapping and then I started doing, a, you know, my own clothing line. Right. And then now I'm here. You feel me? Where I think I really fit. Mm. But okay, in terms of doing the store and doing the clone line with your girl and everything, like, how stressful does that get? How complicated can it get? Because there's probably a lot of people out there imagining that if they had to do a business full time with their girl, that it would just not be a smooth process. I'm with my girl every day. We ride together, ride home together, we eat together, we go to sleep together, and that shit is the most stressful process. <laughs> Really? <laughs> On this planet Earth, you know what I'm saying? If we be cool, but if we have a fight argument, I might she might try to rip my head off. Or you know what I'm saying? I ain't gonna say what I'm i I'll be doing, but it, it might get crazy in there. But all in all, I love her to death, man. That's my best friend. Right. So it doesn't get that crazy? Cause yeah, ever since me and my girl started the plug talk thing together, it is weird because sometimes I'll get home and fucking ate it at night. And it's just like, oh, there's like an hour of shit that we have to sit on our fucking computers and, and work on right now and talk yeah. about stuff. It's not, it's probably not anywhere near as labor intensive as running the store together. But it definitely like, you know, like when you're in a relationship with somebody and you don't live together, you don't have kids together, you just have the option of being around each other. And it's pretty mm-hmm. fucking easy to make that work in comparison. But then when you are in business together, slash live together, slash have kids together, it's like you just don't really have the option of, Taking yeah. time apart from each other, even for a day or, or, or a, a good chunk of the day, right? We really don't, especially during that COVID shit. Like, and Oof, then everybody yeah. quit. And then, like, literally, everybody was like, we're gone. And then we we still had to run the fucking business. And mm. it was just me and her, you know what I'm saying, for, for a minute. Like, we had to ship the shit, ship packages. She had to make stickers. We folding shit, doing all type of shit, backstocking shit, going to pick up fucking um, inventory wave downtown the asian niggas scared they locked up and signed behind two gates we going in here in the mm. fucking trash dump yard going to get fucking clothes and then we sell them like what the what the fuck is the life become but th- that shit right there like that shit right there just like it made us closer man like it, it brought it really brought but us you together. were able to hold it together even during the pandemic because like i imagine you guys selling a very large percentage of your shit through the retail store right but mm-hmm. did, did you be were you able to shift towards like mostly doing online sales online or? was going great mm. online was doing fucking great and i 
couldn't believe it. Like everybody was at home bored, I guess, you know? Right. So that shit. But after, like right after COVID, and then we were supposed to open, then the riots happened. Yeah. Then that shit happened, and then right after that, very good in depth discussion of that on on the VBC interview. Yeah, for real. This is a that, black owned store. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I'm like, what the fuck? I was fuck? laughing hard listening <laughs> to that earlier. No, for real. I'm like, bro, this is black owned. That nigga, like, I don't give a fuck. And he was black. I'm like, this shit is crazy. I'm like, this ain't for George Floyd. Yeah. This shit ain't for no motherfucking George Floyd. These niggas trying to rob some shit. You know what I'm saying? That shit was crazy, bro. Fucking laughing my ass off listening to that earlier. Man, shout out to PPP though, man, because that shit during that time that had my store nigga going crazy. Mm. You know what I'm saying? See, my store fucking shuts down at the like we already had like the the lease ended in February, and I I needed to get out of the store because I had like a business arrangement I didn't want to be in. I was like, we gotta sh- close the store down for like six months before we can open another store. Anyway, we shut down in February. We move in here. I'm like, all right, cool. We're just going to focus on doing interviews. We're going to take this time, and then we'll do another store. Nope. Like, fucking the whole world shuts down, like, a couple weeks after we shut down. But also, you know, like, my friend Brooklyn Dom from Brooklyn Projects told me, like, this is the greatest time I've ever owned a store. Like, we're selling more shit than we ever sold before in my life. We were a bike shop. Every bike shop I talked to was like, we're selling more bikes right now than we ever sold before. I'm like... (laughs) On one hand, I'm glad that I wasn't there for the riots, and I'm glad that we, like, didn't have to do the multiple months of, like, just paying rent and not being able to do shit, but also, I'm like, damn, it it did end up working out pretty all right for a bunch of people. Yeah, because if you can hang in there, it was going great. Mm. We was having good days. Yeah. Good days. You know what I'm saying? Every day. And now, we want to open a store, and all the fucking good stores are... Taken on, Taken, on yeah. Fairfax, because so. they 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 thought they was it was gonna still be the same. Everybody heard about that wave, mm. try to get in there, and then the wave started declining. You know what I'm saying? So mm. it, it's ups and downs with Melrose, especially. Yeah, that's facts. Um, okay, and so then at one point, AD just hits you up. Like like how? What was your friendship actually like before you guys started doing the podcast together? Well, you, pun you actually, weren't around each other that much, were you? No. Well, I mean, and Pun hit me up. Okay. Pun hit me up. I'm, I'm close to... AD takes credit for it, but Pun was actually one of you up. <laughs> Pun hit me up, but, <laughs> like, me and AD are homies, like, but we didn't, you know, we wasn't hanging. Like, I'm more closer to Pun than AD, but, you know, whoever's close to Pun, then, shit, you my homie. I'm that, just that type of nigga. Like, mm-hmm. whatever. Like, oh, yep. Yeah, Big do, fan you of Pun. Do, you my brother. All right, you my brother, too, nigga. Let's go. Like, yeah, I love Pun, but... Yeah, Pun hit me up. He was like, well, shit, nigga, you want to do this show, nigga? I think you know you had an energy to make this shit boom. Right. And I'm like, what show? The mm. shit AD on? Okay, cool. No jumper shit. All right, I'm going to fuck with it. And you really thought about like being an on-camera personality? Because you were doing the family vlogs and shit, right? Was yeah. that the closest you had done to being like a personality or influencer or whatever? Yeah, because I st- I, yeah, we started doing the family vlogs because we, you know, we seen these motherfuckers down the street from us. Trying to and, get your Austin McBroom on. And I'm like, who the fuck is this nigga? And we went down there and it was Catherine. You know, I knew Catherine because she used to fuck with Tiger. I'm like, oh, well, how the fuck y'all oh, get this house? I didn't know that. Yeah, she used to fuck with that nigga. She used to be on tour with us too, but. Wow. Tour bus, all the whole little shit. But I'm like, but shit. Catherine, how could you? <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm like, how the I'm how the fuck y'all get this house? And they was like, we YouTubers. And then we started looking them up. I'm like, damn, these niggas big YouTubers. How the fuck you get this house? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, because I'm like, how the fuck, what the fuck you doing? Because I knew what the fuck I was doing. Right. But you know what I'm saying? What the fuck you doing? I ain't seeing you doing this. How the fuck y'all get this? That's Some typical shit, the rich neighborhood. Uh, right. But yeah. And you're like, what up? I'm going to do the fucking gangster version of that. But I, no, I didn't think I was going to be on, like, like, I didn't know. Like, I didn't know. I right. just knew I got a good personality and I could talk to you. I could talk to anybody. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, like I wasn't a fan of it, like none of this shit. Like just podcasts in general and shit like that. I really was, wasn't a fan, so I didn't come here nervous or wasn't like expecting anything like that. I just sat down and started talking. You know what's funny about the whole thing with me ghosting you back in the day on Melrose, which of course I don't even fucking remember because that was like that era of Melrose was like. I would meet a hundred people a day that said, I want to do an interview. So my brain, like when people said that, I was like, oh, all right. Like, I'm just going to not think about this unless I fucking have a really, really good reason to. But if you had texted me and you had told me like a little bit about the Last Kings thing and all, all this shit, which it probably wouldn't have been as good a story yet because the, no. the story hadn't unfolded so much at that point. Mm -hmm. You probably wouldn't have been really ready to talk about it. I would have been like, oh, hell yeah. That sounds like a great fucking podcast, which is it's a shame because there are so many people, bro, that I met during that era that I look back on it and I'm like, I was just high as fuck, facing backwards, just not really able to like actually develop any friendships or relationships or whatever because of the fact that i was just being so overwhelmed with fucking attention every day and my my brain is just i'm not a people person like that like i just if if i feel like i have like all these people just on my tip i'm just my brain shuts off and i'm just like yeah all right like you know i just i don't give a fuck like, i think you know. when you ghosted me is the day i probably said fuck no jumper <laughs> <laughs> And I just I stopped. And I was like, who the fuck don't jump? I ain't going back down there. Oh, I could. <laughs> I got a nice long list in my head of people that I ghosted that like are very, very successful now that I'm like, damn, that's one I should have said yes to. With me coming on here, it's so funny. And I tell Josh, I'm like, I can't wait to tell this nigga this shit. I'm like, how the <laughs> fuck do I end up on no jumper? I'm telling you, never answered your phone. Like The moment that I got your, your number here and realized I already had your number, oh. I'm like, oh, wow. Here we That's go. That's fucked up. Here we go. And then you come here late as fuck. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Disrespecting me. Had to get a massage, which I know is not something you probably even know what that is. So. <laughs> what the fuck? Get the you fuck You ever heard of that? Here. It's where they actually like, will manipulate your muscle and skin with their hands. Come on, dog. <laughs> My nigga just got some money, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Shout out my boy, he just got rich, y'all. Dude, I, for the last two days, I've had like splitting headache and like crazy stiff neck and shoulder pain. And I, I don't know. You're giving too to much head, nigga. That's why. <laughs> You're giving too much head, bro. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, I got to work on my neck. Come on, dog. You fucking too much. You're I out here neck showing head. neck. Remember that? Safari? Oh. <laughs> we out here. No, we out here giving neck. neck. Niggas is like, pause. It's over for you. Yo, it's funny how Safari says some gay shit and it's like media takeout headlines and shit. I say some gay shit. Everybody's like, oh, there he goes. White boy saying some gay shit again. I fuck with Safari. When I first met Safari, I thought Cut was gay. <laughs> I'm like, this nigga, because I, I thought he was Nicki Minaj's assistant. Everybody mm, did. And no. I was like, this nigga gay. Damn, you were around him back then a lot? Yep. That's oh, fucking hilarious. Yep, he was assistant, nigga. And then Nikki Blue, nigga, and the nigga started, like, getting on stage. We like, damn, she bringing the nigga, her assistant on stage? Yeah. Like, we was all confused. Even the barbs didn't know. Like, yeah, like, Mac May told us one day, like, no, nah, that's her boyfriend. We was like, fuck no. 
And then we start peeping it out. We like, damn. One of the best things, I love Safari. I've had good conversations with him and everything. But yeah, there's a good. video that's like, like 10 minutes of Safari embarrassing Nicki Minaj. Oh, oh my, my God. God. It is God. so fucking funny. <laughs> I'm not even going to try to like imitate some of the exchanges that happen between them, but it's, it's amazing. Now you got to do one. No, the best one is, uh, oh, fuck. It's like she's doing an interview and they're up in front. It's Tim Westwood and her. And then Safari's all the way in the back, which is super weird in the first place. Like, why are you sitting like eight paces behind them in the fucking interview? And then I think they're saying something about high school. And Safari's like, I liked high school. I went to three proms. And like they're like, oh, you just you just enjoyed the, the ambiance? He's like, it was cool. There were girls there. <laughs> Some shit like that. Like, he says something like that that's so awkward. And she just goes, that is so embarrassing. <laughs> and you, I fucked up the quote. Because whatever he said was fucking so weird and like just such a strange thing to say. And the way that she dismisses him was just like, oh, my God. That's just like the realest I've ever seen you be on camera. Yeah, oh, she too real though. She the sickest man. I love the sickest female You're rapper describing, ever. Yeah, Wayne and her. They both kind of seem like assholes, but in a good way, I guess, in a fun way. I only, they I only ever it. seen her, you know, just probably. But she's passionate. You yeah. know what I'm saying? When you passionate like that, like, may come off as an asshole. Like, she really the greatest. Like, she really doing her thing. She named her kid Papa Bear, right? That's probably his nickname, you know what I'm saying? I'm pretty sure that's on the birth certificate, right? That's probably a lot of black, you know what I'm saying? I saw it on Twitter today. I remember that. Papa Bear. Papa Bear is good, man. (laughs) That's a good dude right there. That's tight. Give your kid a rap name, like at birth. Papa Bear, man. He's going to be a good dude. He's going to be fly, too. Uh, What what are your kids' names? Zoe, Zane, Zuri, and Tylee. Okay, so you picked out like a a, a theme there. We're going to go with the Zuh thing. uh, Well, first, my son, I wanted to name him Supreme, but, you know, my girl wasn't really going for it. Mm. So I sided with her and I said, we can go with the Z thing. Okay. We're going to name him Zane, you know, gear from God. And, you know, it, it, it all means something. My high school girlfriend used to always say that she had had dreams since she was a kid that she was going to have a, a child with a black man and name it Onyx. And she I remember called. being like, well, that really sucks for me, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, you was fucking with her at the time. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you, you trying to tell me something here? <laughs> Either your dick ain't big enough, nigga. I'm gone. You know what I'm saying? And I remember thinking like, I don't know if I would really want to call my kid that if, if I were you as a white woman. Like, I don't know. It doesn't sound like a great. But I also grew up listening to Onyx. Oh, you did? Oh yeah. You fucked with it? Yeah. Yeah. They're like the too. hardest rappers in the world to me in like first grade, second grade. In the first Terrified. grade. Yes. Because that's when Slam was like number one on the radio and shit. Dun, dun, dun. Headphone phone. Yeah, that shit was hard. I miss that. Bad, I miss that shit too. I think I like heard a lyric about like putting a dick in a pussy or some shit from them. And I remember thinking like, that's sex? What like, the I, fuck? I, I, I grew up on Luke. I, like, didn't, <laughs> like, I didn't really like, like what, get what nigga? sex was yet. But I remember they said something in a song that made me realize like, the dick and the pussy, that, is that like the whole thing? Pop that pussy. Hey, <laughs> pop that pussy, baby. You really grew up on being Luke? on the radio. Luke fucking, two live crew was old school than me at that time. Man, man, that shit was crazy, boy. I Dude, walked in, I walked into a random ass bar in Montreal at one, or Toronto or some shit, and two live crew was playing at one point, like maybe 10 years ago, eight years ago, and just remember being like, what the fuck? Even 10 years ago, that's like. Oh, they were old as fuck. Yeah, that was old. It was old I'm like, this it. could be anyone. Yeah. <laughs> like this audience, <laughs> this could be just like a couple of random dudes, and I guarantee this audience would be going for it. 
What? There's no way that this fucking Toronto audience actually knew what the members of Two Live Crew looked like at that moment. I'm like, nope. they could just have random dudes in here and these people would be falling for it. That's the power of good music, though. Mm. You got to hit, nigga. It's, it's, you don't give a fuck where you at, who in the room. They going to vibe. Mm. Yep. God. That's facts. So, um, yeah, I don't know. You're pretty happy about doing the shit with, with AD on the podcast and everything. What else What else should we do? Like, I, I just was watching you on the fucking panel episode with House Phone that's not out yet. How do you feel about that? I thought it was good. You thought I did good? I think he need, you, you, I think, did good. I think he needs to let the girls talk a little bit more. Oh. He, so like, I'm... will ask a girl a question and then, like, start asking them a question, another question after, the, like, half a sentence comes out. And I'm like, you, you gotta just... A little bit lower energy, I think, is is good in that. That's that Trevor shit. Asking a bunch of questions over questions over fucking questions. That's what everybody does when they start doing interviews. Like, I, because I've watched probably more bad interviews than anyone because I'll always be interviewing an underground rapper and have to go try to find another interview with him to see like a little bit of information before I start. So I'll watch some like whack ass interview with like a thousand views. And dudes always do that. They always will ask a fucking five-minute question where they just repeat themselves over and over and over. I think more so he was just trying to break ground on that actual moment to where he knew he was finna just go crazy because <laughs> Lord, Lord gave him the fucking green light to just go crazy. And he was like, oh, I'm fishing. I'm finna find something. Yeah. And a bitch finally said something and he went crazy. I'm like, oh, shit, I'm a part of this shit. It did seem like I like that he, he chose something to make a big deal out of, even though he called abortion an autopsy. That was so fucking funny. <laughs> I started laughing so hard listening to that, even before any of you guys pointed out that was wrong, because I knew what he meant right away. <laughs> like an autopsy, you got a dead body. I'm like, bro, stop this fucking, stop this shit. Biddy went hard on old girl, so it's over with. I'm like, all right, katana. She was cool. She I was like Katana. She was kind of dry at first. Mm. She did good in your Patreon. Though. Yeah, she got her head up her ass a little bit. A little bit, yeah. She do, huh? That's the followers. She's cocky, man. You, gotta, you know, she's probably making all that money. She's out here, every dude on her dick. Starts hanging out with us. None of us give a fuck at all. Yeah. It must be a little weird for her. Because we don't give a fuck. <laughs> no, that's the great part <laughs> about being in a relationship is that you just get to all the hottest girls. It's like, okay, your superpower don't work on me. Nah, it don't. Watch out. You, It's not it for us. Yeah. We don't give a fuck. I know it did make her uncomfortable a little bit. Yeah. For sure. House phone, though, probably in reality, house phone would probably like chop his fucking left arm off to fuck her. He a wife her. He's a pussy fiend. He just oh. loves ass. I know your ass ain't talking. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck out of here. Yeah, I know yeah. your ass ain't talking, dog. There's a co co like constantly, like people are asking me about this other interview they, that I did. And, and I was like, they're like, what stood out to you about this interview? It's this dude, Mickey, this gambler dude. And I'm like, oh man, it just blew my mind the way he talked about girls and pussy. Like this dude is the biggest pussy addict I ever fucking heard talk in my life. Everybody at the poker table when I said that, they're like, so you're saying that? I'm like, okay. Get the fuck I feel, out of here. I, I feel yeah. you. I feel you. But I, I yeah. watched his interview. That shit was really good. I'm like, damn, I want to go gambling with this motherfucker. I'm like, is he really banned from these casinos? Yeah. We have to put a mask on. I don't know why, but he's he's banned one way or another. Hey, bro, he might get the need to laser them tattoos off. We need to go get this money. That's a good point with the with the the mass thing in this age it's got to be harder to keep people out of the casinos when they can just cover their face right so why would he you know he, he could just go in any casino and just win like what the fuck 
That's what he wants people to think. I don't know. That's what he wants people to think. I do. Maybe he's just really, really good. I've known a lot of gamblers in my life, and I've never heard anybody claim that they could like consistently beat a game like Baccarat. It's just, it's impossible. It's like, I well, mean, he's claiming it. You think he got it? What did he pull up in? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It just doesn't. If it was possible, if it was possible to beat these games, then the casinos wouldn't exist. Yeah. So it doesn't really. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, because even when I'm in the fucking casino and I'm start winning a little crap table of fifty dollars, mm. they'll change the fucking person. I'm like, what mm. the fuck? Am I really that good? But they change the dealer all the time, anyway, right? Like, what, I mean, but if everybody's Every over there trash, like, yeah, I mean, what the fuck? Yeah, I don't know. But everybody wants me to expose Mickey. I'm like, I'm not in the business of exposing people. If you guys want to expose them, go right ahead. I'll watch the fucking YouTube video. But I mean, how the fuck do you, you expose them though? <laughs> That's the whole thing. It's just like if he's you not allowed back in the casino, then how the fuck do you expose, expose him? him? Like, are you going? How the fuck do you expose him? Even if you're not the dealer, how do you expose him? But dude, he's having a big ass New Year's party, and he was hitting me up like, "Come to Vegas to this party," and I'm just like, "Bro, like, even the idea of staying up till midnight at this point just sounds like really." Like something I'm just not gonna do. <laughs> like I'm going to Vegas and staying out late. Like I don't really know how uh, to stay out past midnight at this point in my life, bro. This fuck. Yes. <laughs> because even you hit you hit the group chat like, what are we doing for New Year's Eve? I'm like, you're like I'm staying in the crib. I'm like, that's what I was thinking, but I wanted to know if there were any other options. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, nah. And he like, no, I'm having a party. I'm like, I'm not. Partying with AD and OT. I'm not doing that. Yeah. Too much energy out of my body. I got to reserve that shit for my kids. Yeah. Because my kids crazy as fuck. That was even worse when AD was drinking. <laughs> I would constantly be feeling like, how the fuck do you have energy to keep doing this and dumping this poison down your throat every fucking night? My boys equipped. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was invincible. I thought he was just... Because throughout my life, I've known dudes. Like I, I remember there's a dude who's an ex-pro BMX rider. He was probably about 49 years old. This is like maybe 10 years ago. And he would be snorting coke all night, every night, drinking Jameson every fucking night. And I'm just looking at him like, bro, like you're 20 fucking years older than me. And you're just going like you're never going to die. Like, I don't, I don't understand because I'm like... I'm 38 right now, and I could not imagine going out and drinking and doing coke tonight. Like, I'm going to be wounded for days and days <laughs> afterwards, bro. Yeah, for real. Like, Terrible. I mean, maybe once a month. Once no. every two months. But for me, it's like, yes, I could imagine doing it. I just I couldn't imagine myself enjoying it enough to then, like, have my whole next day be fucked up. But you know what? I'd rather do a house party than go to a club. I'd rather do a house party and mingle with a bunch of close friends and then other people, you know, friends or whatever, bring it to the house and we drink and have fun like that. I yeah. like that shit better. That sounds all right. Yeah, that's that's way more like, you know. The club like, thing is just crazy. The club yeah. thing is just is ridiculous. You used to be real into it? What? Every day. You used to be buying tables and shit? We never bought a table. He was always getting booked for clubs. Oh, I'm talking about yeah. at least five days a week when we went to a club. At least five days a week. And when, we, when he wasn't getting booked to a club, he will go to One Oak. And my body started withering down. <laughs> Every day yeah. for five years, I'm like, nigga, god damn. Well, I mean, part of it is that if you wake up at 2 p.m., then, yeah, like you could go out at like 11 p.m. and no. stay out. No, I, I wake when up I told at you, five, 6 in the morning. It's not happening. Remember when I fucking told you, like, AD's being a real rapper? Yeah. This motherfucker get off the plane, <laughs> go shopping, go to the hotel, go eat. Wait, then go to the club. 
And then after that, we got to get right back up hour to nigga get in, go to the airport. Boy, your body is shit. I just don't understand that. Like at this point in my life, and I used to think this was dope to be like, oh, fuck sleep. I don't need to sleep. I can just be going 22 hours a day just nah. wilding out. I mean, at this point in my life, I just, I'm just honest with myself. It's like, bro, if I get two hours sleep, I'm going to be a fucking awful version of who myself. I am. Myself. Terrible. Terrible. I, do I want to be sitting in a fucking important interview? Never mind a business meeting. Never mind whatever. Just feeling like absolute death. And your fucking head just start hurting out of nowhere. <laughs> like you ain't fucking eight. I used to be going to meetings and just fucking having to go to the bathroom and puke and shit. And just try to hold it together. What the fuck? Well, from like drinking the night before. Oh, know? okay, 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 okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, ha I, I, I like hate <laughs> motherfuckers that throw up. You know what yeah. I'm saying? <laughs> I, I, I don't even yeah. drink with my girl. She a throw up motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Really? We go drinking. We do a shit up. Oh, you know what I'm saying? We hop back in the car. This motherfucker throwing up out the side of the car. And she a loud throw up motherfucker too. <laughs> you guys like, sit around bruh. smoking weed at the house together? Yep. Right on the couch. That's tight. You know what I'm saying, dude? Cause I seen her, I seen her like walking around rolling a blunt in my backyard, and I'm like, oh, like immediately I just realized, like, oh, they're they're like a lit couple. Cause my girl don't smoke. Oh, she don't smoke? No. Well, what the fuck we going? You know what I'm saying? What if we ever double date or some shit? Well, I stopped smoking too. So. Oh, you did. Almost two weeks now. Oh, so you think that's helping you? I mean, you could be a, a moderate, casual smoker. See, I would like to be that. Yeah. It's just that I became like a super addictive, compulsive smoker. And that's like a big mm. part of like what I was trying to get out of my system was just like the constant need to have a blunt going at all times. Yeah. Okay. I get it. Yeah. yeah. We, we casual with it. We casual with it. She ain't, we ain't rolling up all the time. Yeah. It's here and there. Yeah. If my girl's like Hoodrich Pablo Juan and she's just like stuffing fat woods all the time, I don't know. Man, it might take us two, three days to smoke a paper. Paper? Jesus Christ. Yeah, for That's real. some weak-ass so, shit right there. But right. <laughs> now we smoking fire, you know what I'm saying? Like, she's still smoking that shit. I know. I've seen her going and get a fucking lighter or some shit like, during this interview. Uh, she cold. <laughs> she cold, I mean, man. there are a lot of things in life that I think it's better to be high for, like, from my perspective. Like, bro, if I had to drive to San Francisco right now, or so, like, you know, any long distance. It's like, of course I want to be high during that. Yeah. But like, I just got to the point where it's like, oh, no, I'm doing every interview high as fuck. Every business meeting, every phone call, et cetera. And I'm just like, you know, at a certain point, I'm like, all right, I got to relax. Yeah, you got to relax. You can't be doing that shit high. I got to be attentive. I, I got to see what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, you have to. So what do you feel like you have coming in the new year? Like what, what's important for you that you want to check off? What's important to me? Um... We just purchased our first home today. You know today? Yeah, today. Wow, congrats. Me and her together, our first home today. We've been living in that home for about three years. We just purchased it today. Oh, really? Nice. So I checked that off my list. We Well, actually, she checked it off. Like, look what you got on your door. And I'm like, damn, I do got this shit on my door. We definitely manifested it, made sure it happened this year. But I want to definitely grow in this podcast space, uh, definitely grow, you know, our business now. Um and my business too, my business now, Switch. Do more of the YouTube shit, cause this shit right here, as far as like being content driven and so much content that you putting out, it just expired, expired. Like, I I just, it just is like, I'm like, fuck, I, I'm fucking lazy. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's inspiring me to do way more content. So I, for as far as the YouTube shit, like 
and then you know no jumper shit i want to do way way more content like nice. i think yeah i think i'm i'm, I'm in, in that space why because you Take feel like serious. it is you like expressing yourself because i mean like financially i don't know how much of a dent it makes like if you're if you're doing a crazy ass clothing line a youtube check might not necessarily compare to that all the time like like what is it about that that makes you want to put so much time into it yeah i do I, I i do like being in like that uh on camera personality i do like expressing myself there i do like you know showing people a different side of me you know and i do like sometimes getting into those deep talks you know letting people you know see how it really is from your perspective like i love that type of shit like you know so man having more content you know and you know gaining more fans and having people you know building that fan base that's important like you know have you had that where AD says a lot that like people always thought he was one thing. They all thought he was like Mr. Super Gangster or whatever. And then through being on here, he gets to show people his actual personality more. And that that's been like very liberating for him to like have people kind of know the real version of him. Yeah. On top of just being, you know, fed a silver spoon. All his <laughs> <laughs> Roro. Shout out Roro, Doug. My nigga been balling all his life. You ain't got, you ain't a fucking gangster nigga. You ain't from Compton. He gets My so mad about that. He's going to yeah. beat your ass when he comes in here. <laughs> no, nah, that's fucking funny. <laughs> Oh, well, my brother, you know what I'm saying? But <laughs> I forgot the fucking question. Oh, <laughs> uh, I forget. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, do you feel like people are getting to know the real you? Or like oh, more here, than they oh, ever yeah. had before? Yeah, the VBC shit did really good. Mm. Man, people are really tuned into it. Like, damn, I didn't know that. And I felt like I didn't even share a lot. I didn't even share a lot here. You mm. know what I'm saying? I got a lot of stories to tell. But I feel like, okay, you know, it's, it's a you know point in time when I get to tell them all. Like, yeah. But yeah. Will we be able to get views without putting a shooting Lil Wayne in the face in the title? Yeah, that shit was crazy. Yeah. That he's, title. He's doing a lot with that. I, yeah. <laughs> I think the title, they're definitely clicking on that shit. Trevor's doing a lot with that one. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm going to have Lil Wayne watch that shit. <laughs> he's like fucking watching the whole uh, hour and a half. He's like, like, that's Trevor. He's like, Trevor, you fucking bitch. He probably got his headphones in at the skate park <laughs> listening. Like, when they going to say my name? Yeah, he, he crazy. That motherfucker was crazy. I love him, though, bro. He was cussing everybody out. Mm. Man, left and right. Yeah. And he earned that, I guess. Yeah, for sure he did. Mm. Sometimes he was. I think it was, a, I think it was a drink, though. I think it was the drink was making him mad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There, there's so mad. many things that happen with rappers where I wish that all I had to say to explain it was he was doing a shitload of opiates and it turns you into an asshole. Mm -hmm. And every rapper who does that plays the victim afterwards and that's all you need to know to understand like 90 percent of rappers getting Understood. into some shit yeah they do drugs they get cranky as fuck either while they're on it or while they're or while they're uh, getting sober or whatever yeah and then they act like a huge asshole and then as soon as you take offense to them acting like an asshole they play the victim soon that's yeah. that's every rapper i've ever had a conflict yeah with. every rapper for not sure. every rapper but not many every, many 90 percent yeah i say 90 it's yeah, up there. It's up there. Fucking lean heads. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no. You used to drink lean? A little bit, yeah. Damn, I drank lean one time with my homie Low. One time? Oh. All those years being around all those dudes, you only wanted to try it one time? One time, and I drank this much. Oh, Jesus. And I woke up the next day, yeah. literally. Yeah. I went over there Wednesday, and I woke up Thursday. First time I drank lean, I definitely drank too much and drank it really fast. And was like, had a whole day of shit to do. And then I was passed out by like 2 p.m. Bruh. 
That shit had me knocked out. I was like, I'm never doing that shit. Yeah, it's not good. Even my birthday. Oh, yeah. We were supposed he to go to the strip club. He was tired. He was wearing down. I'm like, I'm tired. I can't go. I don't know why I thought that the one night out of the week that or the year that I was trying to stay out past midnight would be a good night for me to fucking drink some lean. Stupid Terrible as fuck. Terrible idea. Stupid ass. Even Lena was hot. She was. Yeah, she's all geared up. She had like $2,000 in one. She was geeked. She wanted she to go like, touch some ass. I got, I got the fucking babysitter. Yeah. You fucking sleepy. Go home, pass out. She thinks she's going to get some dick for my birthday. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Passing out, baby. She don't want that shit. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> uh, we're about to do the No Jumper show. Yeah. T-Rail, appreciate you, man. Happy to have you as a part of the team here. Thank you. My dude, I'm looking forward to this, this year. It's going to be a good year. Yeah, it's going to be a real good year. It's going to be a good year. We might want to kill each other by the end of the year, but. If we're not wanting to kill each other by the end of the year, we're not doing good. Keep that in mind. Yeah. Audience. If I say fuck Adam like really aggressively, it's really probably fuck Adam. No, that's probably that's a good sign for the content. If we yeah. hate each other. Think about how good the content. But we just gotta take it right up to the brink of like never wanting to see each other again. Right there. Right there. That's good yeah. content. You just stop it right there. You gotta stop us though, Josh. Yeah. T Rel, no jumper. Coolest podcast in the world. Check us out on YouTube, Patreon, nude version of this podcast on our OnlyFans. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, I'm not new, though. Maybe him. <laughs> yeah, it's just me. <laughs> yeah. Like, comment, Pause. subscribe. Nojumper.com if you want to support. Appreciate y'all. Yeah.